So if you have your Bibles, we're just going to have a, a, a nugget of the word just to encourage us as we go. Um, how many of you know that uh, the holidays times can just be a tad bit busy? Yes? I don't. I, I was in the store um, the other day and, and, and doing some uh, uh, errands for the ministry, and the, and the store that I was in, I'm like, what is going on here? You know, I didn't understand. I mean, there were, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. There were lines all the way back. I'm like, what is going on? And somebody later told me that there was a, a sale going on. But sometimes things can just become, life itself can become busy. But when this holiday season comes around, it just seems like it just adds more to that. Am I the only one? Yes. It's like when you have to, when you go on Ambassador Caffrey, and before you go on Ambassador Caffrey, you have to pray in the spirit so that you won't lose Jesus, then, then it's a serious moment. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm 9712? Psalm 9712. You know, many times throughout the, the busyness of the day, you know, uh, at the end of your day, um, you know, when you're around your family, when you're around your friends, you might ask them the question, so how was your day? Have you ever done that? Have you ever had somebody ask you that question? And many times we might have different responses to or different answers and responses. However, there is a commonality um, among the responses. And that is, it was busy and it flew by. It was busy and it flew by. Life can mirror that same response. And even though the holiday season approaches, God wants to encourage us and remind us to slow down. I'm speaking this to myself and my family is here and I know that they will tell me this over the holiday season. Slow down, breathe, take a moment of what is really important. Yes? What really matters? Take a moment. Psalm 97, 17, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks and remembrance of his holy name. Thanksgiving, even though tomorrow should not just be the time where we declare God's thankfulness of who he is and what he has done, but it should be a part of our everyday Christian life. Because if you ever notice that Yes, the holiday season is going to come and it's going to go, but life still gets busy. Yes. And before you know it, in the blink of an eye, you're like, especially if you're celebrating a, a child's birthday and you begin to reflect, Oh my goodness, I remember when you were born and now they're 12. Or, oh my goodness, I remember when you were born and now they're 20. It's like, where did time go by? And you can form great memories and great laughs. But what the enemy would want to do, is he would want us to focus on the wrong thing. Using all of our energy, using all of our resources to focus on the things that, listen, there's nothing wrong with you having, um, if you want a baked turkey or a fried turkey. You know, if you want a ham, you want a, whatever, whatever your cup of tea is at your table. But it's not what's on the table is what's important. Is it's the people that are around the table and the provisions of the one that placed them around the table and the stuff on the table. Yes? Yes? And so it's just so easy to just, just the, the demands of responsibilities for us. 
you know, the, the children, the parents, all just life in general. But we can't, we have to be very aware and mindful of what is really important, okay? And so as I was looking up a definition, a thankful definition means conscious of benefits received. It means that I am aware and I am mindful of benefits that I have received. Well, what kind of benefits are we talking about here? God has saved me. God has called me his own. God has forgiven me of my sins. God has placed a purpose and a plan for my life. All of those things that I just spoke of, they are eternal. And even though Thanksgiving and Christmas, they come and go, that is eternal. Because, you know, sometimes it never fails. Like if you're, if, and I'm just speaking in experience, you know, if you were taking the sweet potatoes out and the marshmallows got burnt, does it really matter? You know, you're just going to scrape them off, maybe add some other, <laughs> some more on there. But we don't need to, and I'm not trying to, to make light of something, but you know, sometimes we can have these responses. Like everything, the world is going to fall apart if those marshmallows are burnt. You know what I'm saying? Or if the, if the turkey got overcooked and whenever you were taking, taking it out. Now I'm going to tell you about my family. Someone is in charge of having the baster and, and constantly putting whatever is juice on the turkey. Like their turkey needs any more juice. It's got a pound of butter already slathered on it. And sometimes we can just get so caught up and wanting everything to be so right. Everything we want to be so perfect. Don't want to have any disappointments. And in reality, we just completely lost peace because before you know it, somebody is yelling or aggravating. We ran out of cranberries. I need cranberries. I don't want the gel. I want the cranberries. See, I'm telling you all the things at my house, okay? And it's just, we can enjoy the time together, but we have to take a deep breath, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Because nothing is worth robbing us of our peace. Because what happens, man, when our peace is robbed and we're frustrated, the last thing that we want to do is be thankful. Okay? And so um, thankful and grateful, and a definition of grateful is um, appreciative of the benefits. But we need to be conscious of the benefits received. And that is, who is God? Who is God? He's my Savior. What has God done for me? You know, that just might be a good thing for you to just begin to process and think before, before you ever begin your Thanksgiving time. Because I know for myself, you know, when, when you're looking at maybe um, what wasn't done or what wasn't taken care of or, or whatever, it's like, but whenever we focus on what God has done for me, Everything else just kind of fades away, yes? It doesn't create the spotlight. And that's what the enemy would want. He would want the stresses, the discouragement, the frustrations to take the spotlight and the priority and our focus and our time and our energy so that we cannot be thankful and remember who God is, where what he's already done in our life, and where he's brought us and where he's going to bring us to. Yes, there's too many things 
to be thankful for. Yes? Another one is what he has planned for my future. Uh, in our text for tonight, uh, in Colossians 3, 1 through 2 and 10 through 17, uh, I want to set this up just for a few mo- for a moment, but I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And I love this because um, even though all Scripture is absolutely inspired by God's Word, God knows what we're going to face and what we have faced. And listen to what 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, No matter what happens, now it doesn't say during the holidays, but you can personalize it. No matter what happens at your in-laws, no matter what happens at your house, yes, no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens Christmas, no matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will. For you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, in, um, in staff prayer, uh, this scripture was read and, um, uh, people are always asking, what is God's will? Yes. What is God's will? That is a huge question. What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my family? And always be thankful. So whenever you start your day tomorrow, whenever you start your holiday time and you find that that the enemy is just wanting to just run you ragged. And, you know, and honestly, I can't just say the enemy. We choose what we're going to give our time and our thoughts and our energy to as well. You know, so we have a I, Dixie Bowen, have a responsibility. I can't just say the devil did it, you know. No, I have a responsibility because at the end of the day, I and I alone am responsible for my attitude. Yes, me, nobody else. Okay? And, um, and I and I alone am responsible for the thoughts that I think. So therefore, if thankfulness, if a thankful de- definition is conscious of benefits received, then I am going to be the one that is responsible for what the thoughts are running through my mind to determine if I'm going to receive what God has for me. Okay? I can't blame nobody else. Even if they're bad and ugly and I wish they weren't here. Can't do it. It's on me. Okay? All right. So no matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. When we remember who God is and give thanks to God for what he has done for us, our minds and our hearts are postured to praise him. Our minds and our hearts are post, uh, postured to praise him. Our minds and our hearts are in a position to be his representatives. So when Uncle, and I don't know, I'm just making this fictitious name, but when Uncle John or with Aunt Sally, when they come to the dinner table and there has been a history of tension, or there's been a history of just some craziness, everybody has a crazy one in their family. It doesn't matter. Yes, you do. Okay? Yes. We don't name them. We love them to Jesus. Okay? But this is what happens. When I posture myself... When I posture my mind on who God is and what God has done for me, it uh, it squeezes out me holding on to any wrongs and offenses of what others have done for me because it doesn't make room for it. 
When I posture myself to God, I thank you and I praise you. What I'm doing is I'm hanging out with Jesus and it is exposing. It is, it is exposing if there's been any hurt, if there's been any offense, if there's been any pain and it, and it heals it and removes it. So our posturing, us having a thankful heart is not just for us, it's for others as well. And sometimes the biggest thing, the most impactful thing that you can do to bring restoration, to have the best Thanksgiving ever, have a thankful heart. Just have a thankful heart. Thankful for God. Thankful for for your loved ones, your family, your friends. To praise Him. And when we praise Him, we welcome in His presence and power in our lives. We're pride and loneliness and bitterness and stress will not be able to camp out and grip our lives. There, when we have a thankful heart and we are recognizing the benefits that of what God has done for us and we are grateful and we are appreciative of them. You know there's humility that takes place there because you're recognizing, man, I need God. I can't do nothing apart from God. Man, and it, and it really what it does is that scripture is really when Jesus is saying, when the word is saying, always be thankful. And, and you hear that word first, in first Thessalonians and throughout all of uh, Colossians, always be thankful. Not, not just something. It says always be thankful multiple times of the scripture. And you know what it is? It's God setting us up for success. I say, well, what do you mean God's setting us up for success? Because God knows the best results that are going to come about in our life is whenever we are so thankful to Him that we're not distracted by anything that the enemy is trying to throw at us or trying to bring shade at us or trying to distort the view of somebody at the dinner table around us or for us having the last word or the final argument or the biggest fight or whatever. Because when you're thankful, there's humility there and pride does not give way. At the table. Yes? Making any sense? So when we're thankful, it's not just a calling, and I'm going to talk about this or command. It's God is wanting to set you and your family up for success. Okay? So in Colossians 3, 1 through 2 and 10 through 17, um, and this is going to be our text, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, whenever I was studying this part of the, the scripture, um, just because we are Christians, yes, does not mean that we um, we are not perfect. And the enemy is constantly going to try to bring um, distractions and man-made rules and man-made philosophies to detour us away from believing and giving our life to the Lord and thinking about him. And so in this part of the scripture, Apostle Paul was uh, wrote uh, a letter to the church. Um, uh, to the Colossians, and what was happening is the letter was to correct them and to encourage them. And the reason why is that the location of uh, Colossia was um, the where it was positioned was a huge trade route. 
uh, between uh, Ephesus and Euphrates. And so uh, they were becoming, uh, Colosseum was becoming extremely successful. And there were uh, all different type of people groups that were coming with different philosophies that were um, of what Christians should do or shouldn't do. And it was distracting and diluting of, of who Jesus is and who God, God wanted to be in their lives. Okay. And, uh, and so you say, Dixie, why on earth are you reading from this context, from, from this scripture? Is because I think it's very poetic in that, in the busyness of life and the things that, that, that the enemy would throw our way. This scripture really talks about who God is and what he's done, what he is doing inside of you and what he has called and created you to do. And so uh, I think that I'm not, I'm not here to, to correct. I'm here to encourage and that um, what we face and how we can still remember and give thanks to God. Okay? And so in Colossians 3, 1 through 2, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand and in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. So what has God done? He has forgiven us of our sins. So therefore, we need to set our sights on what is eternal. That my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Let your heaven fill your thoughts. And then I'm going to continue to read because it's just so good. Okay. Do not think only about things down here on earth, but you have clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created you in this new nature within you. In this new life, it doesn't matter what he's talking about in the context is listen, it doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It doesn't matter what family you come from. Don't place your identity and your value in those things. Okay? It doesn't ma- matter, again, if the turkey gets burnt. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you, look to somebody next to you, say, God chose you. Now I'm going to continue to be a holy people whom he loves. Now you must clothe yourselves. Look to somebody next to you, say, you must clothe yourself. See, this is our application. See, God has chosen us, but we must clothe ourselves with tender-hearted mercies, with kindness. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Isn't it amazing how all of these character traits really affect how we communicate and relate to somebody else? But you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's thoughts. You must make allowance for each other's thoughts, faults, excuse me, 
and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing is you must wear love. Love is what binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as a member of one body, you are all called to live in peace. And did you see it? Always be thankful. God's called us to live in peace. God has called us to be thankful. We mean called. God has called us to be consciously aware and mindful of the benefits of our Lord and Savior. God has called us to live in peace. Well, how am I going to live in peace? He just told us. You must clothe yourself with tender hearted mercies. What do you mean, Dixie? We can't allow ourselves to be hard hearted and quick tempered and frustrated over those, even if they've wronged us. Because what does scripture say? We must for, we must remember. Make allowance for each other's faults. In other words, guys, you gotta be gracious there. Because the grace that I extended to you upon salvation is the grace that I want you to extend to others at the dinner table. Because you must forgive the person who offends you just as I have forgiven you. This is what he wants us to remember. And this he wants, he wants us to be thankful for. Because it benefits our life. And it benefits those that we're going to sit at the table with tomorrow. Yes? We're going to be on the couch and watching the football game. If there's one playing, I have no idea. Is there one playing? You really don't know that, Pastor Kelly. Is there one plan? Okay. You know? Because it's our interaction with other people. Even though that meal is going to come and go and it's going to, you know, God's going to have, have great memories. But I encourage you, go into the event remembering who God is, what God has done for you, where He wants to bring you to. But also remember what does God have in store for somebody else at that table? Were you once them, maybe? Did you have some faults? Did you have some offenses? Remember the Lord forgave you, so we must also forgive others. Oh, but listen to this. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. This says that God's peace is available to us. When we, God has chosen us. We are his sons and we are his daughters. He's our savior. But when we choose to clothe ourselves, Lord, I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you have saved me. Lord, I thank you, God, that I'm going to have a new attitude. God, I thank you. You're going to change my heart of how I see this person or how I speak about this person. So that, Lord, your peace will rest in me, for I will be kind to them. I will walk in humility, even if the words that come out of their mouth are absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to call them out or shame them. I will be gentle and patient with them. Because, listen to this, 
This is so cool. Let the words of Christ in all, let the words of Christ in all their riches live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and to counsel each other. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Listen to this. And whatever you do or say, let it be, ooh, here it comes, as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. All the while. See, when we choose to give thanks and we choose to remember what God has done for us, when we choose to allow kindness and humility and gentleness, we will represent God with honor. But boy, how many of you know when we've got to have that last word, when we got to stomp our feet, we start throwing shade, oh God, you crazy person. We are not representing his name. So thanks is not just for us to have the peace, but that thankful heart is for us to be the representative with all sincerity of who God is, who he wants to be in their life and can do in their family, their home. Yes, yes. And I love it. It says you and I, you and I were called to live in peace and always be thankful. It's what God has called us to do. He's called us to be representatives. He's called us to be gentle and kind and loving. So what is a starting point to a thankful heart? And then we're going to have some communion. A starting point to a thankful heart is when we have to receive who God is. We see it in Colossians 3, 1. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Who is God? What has God done for you? He's all-knowing, all-powerful. One, remember what God has done for me. I am his child. And I love it in the scripture where it says, where it says, I am continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ. I'm continually being renewed. I'm conti- my character is continuing. Because you know what that tells me? If my character, yes, as I am a representative, yes, is continually being renewed and shaped, and that grace is given to me, then I need to be an agent and give that grace to somebody else as well. Because I have the truth, and I know the truth on the living on the inside of me. But what if that person does not have the truth and is bound up? Lord, give me the grace to be a representative. God, help me to remember who you are and what you have done for you and where you're bringing me. So that, Lord, by my words and by my actions and by my responses, it will reflect a thankful heart. Okay? Remember what God has done for me. And number three, Rejoice in what God has planned for my future. Man, if you begin to think about it, where has God brought you and your family just from a year from now? Just one year. Just one year. Take a moment to stop, to breathe, to just really process. What has he done in just one year? 
What restorations? What promotions? What has he done? See, when we begin to think about the plans that God has for my future, and, and we know this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, but I want to read it from the message version because every time I read it, there's just something inside of me that just like wants to run and charge. You ever read a scripture like that? That's what this one does. So Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, it says, I know what I'm doing. Oh, that's, that's just good right off the bat. This is God's speaking. It says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Again, I don't know if he's kind of having like this so southern twang, you know, you know. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm putting my, my attitude in with it. But scripture says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. And yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Man, if we know and believe and hold on that God has great plans for my future, you just can't help but be thankful. Yes? You just can't help but it's like, man, God cannot fail me because I am his. You know? And so when Scripture talks about when, when we're having communion, there are two words that go hand in hand when you see Scripture talked about uh, in communion in the Gospels. One is remember and one is thanks. One is remember, one is thanks. And so we see in Luke 22, and Doug, I'm going to ask if you can include uh, verses 17 as well. And it said, and when he had taken a cup, this is Jesus, given thanks, and he had given thanks. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves. And for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the wine from now until the kingdom of heaven comes. And then in verses 19, it says, when he had taken some bread and given thanks to, and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to him, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after that they had eaten it, after they had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant of my blood. So as believers, in taking communion, it is in doing it in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And it is being thankful. Thankful for His sacrifice. Thankful that He is still moving in my life and in my family's life. That He is still looking out for us. That He is still speaking to us. And I love when it, when it talks about in, the, in Colossians when it says, continually being renewed. That my character is continually being made new. See, this is just a, this is just a symbol of what God has done on the cross for us. But he wants us to take a moment 
He wants us to breathe. He wants us to pause in the busyness of life, in the busyness of the holidays, and say, Lord, I thank you for the blood that your son shed for me. Because I could not, I could not save myself. There's nothing that I can do that can save myself. And in these, and in the scripture that we read, the, the Colossians, those waters were being muddied by outside influences. That they had to do all these things to strive to get God to accept them or love them. And Paul's Paul's like, hold hold it right there. Hold it. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ Jesus rule in your hearts as members of one body, because you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. The work that he did on the cross, he paid in full for us. And I can be thankful for that. Because that work still is alive and real and powerful today in me and for my family. Yes? So would you just, would you stand with us? And, and what I'd like for us to do is that if you have not received uh, any of the communion elements, would you just raise your hand and the ushers will come and make sure that you have that? And this is what we're going to do in the closing of our service. Is we're going to pause and we're going to take a moment And we're just going to thank Lord for what His blood did for us. What His body did for us. And as you have those communion elements, I would like for you to do this. I would like for you to get in family groups. Okay, if you say, well, uh, I'm a young adult, I'm in college, and my parents aren't here, then you get in the community of people that you're around. But if you're, uh, if your family is here, I would like for you to get in family groups. And if you say, well, Dixie, I'm a grown adult, uh, get in your life group. Your life group can be a, a family group. But I want you to get in family groups, okay? And what I'd like for you to do is I want like for you to look. If there's any one individual that is by themselves, I want you to go and invite them into your family group. Yes? Okay? So I want everybody to get in family groups. And look around the room that if there's somebody that does not have a family group, I want you to invite them to be a part of yours. Because there are no such thing as a spiritual orphan in the kingdom of God. We are all family. Okay? Yes? All right. And so the communion elements, let's talk about the first one. This is only for believers. Scripture clearly says, Do not take part in this, my friends, if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ and have not surrendered your life to Him. Do not do it. Okay? You say, Dixie, I would like to know Him as my Lord and Savior. Those of you here, those of you who are watching, I want you to just bow your head right where you are for a moment and take this time to do business with you and Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is the state and the condition of your heart? You say, well, Dixie, I'm a believer. Great. Is there any bitterness? Is there any offense? When you gather at the dinner table tomorrow, will you be a representative of His love and of His grace?
we have to remember and be thankful. So just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, just ask the Holy Spirit right where you are. Lord, point out anything in my heart that offends you. Father, if I'm holding on to offense, if there are stresses that are just so high right now, it's hard for me to think about anything else. Holy Spirit, I ask for your peace to come right now. So as you're doing business with the Lord, ask him to reveal what's the state of your heart. And if there's unforgiveness, if there's sin, ask him to forgive you. And he is so faithful to you. And if you say, Dixie, my first starting point is I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. So with the faith in your heart, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It is your belief and your faith in Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I cannot do this without you. There's nothing that I can do to save myself. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness for my sin. I believe in you and I ask you to be my savior. I surrender my life to you and I receive your forgiveness into my heart right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, you are a daughter and are a son of the Most High King. So therefore, you have access to take of the elements. And so I want you to peel off the first um, sheet. And this is only a symbol. It is representing. It is representing his body. That he shed, that he died on the cross for us. Because he loved us. He took the punishment for our sin that we could not take. So, Father, I thank you right now for your blood shed for my sin. Father, may I always remember what you have done for me. Father, before I sit at the table with anybody tomorrow, Father, may I not see my the enemy across the table from me, but Lord, may I see the soul that you shed your blood for them. And may I be a representative by my words, by my actions, and my responses. Oh, how Jesus loves me and loves you too. Father, I take your body in remembrance of your love, of your forgiveness for my sin. In Jesus' name. Let's take it. Now if you'll peel back that first. This cup is representing His blood shed for us. He said, remember. Remember. So Father, we thank You, Lord. God, that you loved us so much, you gave your only son. 
Father, may we never forget that love. May we remember that love. May we hold that love dear in our heart. May we be thankful for the love of God who shed his blood for us. Father, I thank you for your blood. And I remember the work that was done on the cross. And I am thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. So guys, our, our assignment, our call, as God says, is he has called us to live in peace and to always be thankful. And we can do that call. Yes, we can live in peace. Look to your neighbor and say, yes, you can live in peace. Yes, you can be thankful by us receiving who God is. Remembering what he has done for me and rejoice with all the plans that he's bringing me to. So if you'll just right where you are, I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. This is our family communion service. And here at Family Life Church, we just wish and just pray the blessings of God over you and your family during this time. That it would not be a time of tension or strife or stress, but that it would be a joyous and beautiful time. So, Father, I just thank you for every person here and every person watching, Lord. Father, we remember what you've done for us. And, Lord God, we are so very thankful. Father, may your grace rest upon us for, to be your representatives of that love, your representatives of that peace. By the words that come out of our mouths and by our actions and responses, they will see the gentleness and the love and the patience of God. Lord, I thank you for each person here. May you protect them. May you guide them. Have your angels encamped round about their homes and their vehicles. And Lord, I ask that you would give them beautiful family memories. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Guys, we love you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.